welcome back to another episode of the Crime and Coffee Couple. My name's Mike. And my name's Allison. Yeah, babe. And uh, we're the Crime me. and Coffee Couple. That's us. That's us. Yeah, because we have um, some coffees while we talk about some crime. And we're a couple. We are a couple. We have been married for like uh, 20 years-ish, almost coming up in May. Yes, sir. So, yeah, I, that's the first time I've gotten it like totally right without looking in your direction. Congratulations. It makes it a lot easier once we get to like the big ones, like, you know um one five ten twenty those kind of things 25 that'll be an easier one so, yeah whereas uh you know 22 23 it's like i mean does it really matter it's, no uh, not really yeah like when they're like you don't even know how long you've been married it's like I, I know i love my wife i know we've been married so i think that's good enough we're good we're yeah. golden yeah yeah so um today i'll be telling the story uh so you know buckle up should be a lot of fun um well not fun sometimes but this one this one's kind of fun for me to talk to and i have no idea what the story is i try to find the ones that are a little bit more different like you're a good murder person you know you're into all these murder stuff and um i you know i find those interesting you do a fine job don't get me wrong well thank you i just like to try to find the ones that are you know a little more um yeah maybe some revenge like this one has some revenge in it Mm, so kind of like a good revenge yeah me too me too so uh, but before we get into that, let's kind of talk about what we've been going through this week. Um, we had a little curveball thrown at us this week, I would say. Yeah, I'd say it was a pretty big curveball. Yeah, our son uh, was diagnosed with uh, COVID. So uh, he got started to get like some sniffles and stuff. And um, and he was tired. Yeah, he was tired. And just, you know, he's, he's the kid that's always going to get uh, sick. So. Yeah, he's not exactly very hygienic about the hand washing situation. Most 13 year old boys, you, <laughs> you know, know you probably imagine. Typical boy wants to get right back to his video games. Who wants to bother by flushing a toilet or washing your hands? Washing hands with feces. So overrated. Yeah, it's so like 1990s. Right? Yeah. So he's uh he's definitely the one to to get it and he did. So unfortunately, um he's he's seems okay-ish so far. Um, yeah, he's like sniffles. stuffy or whatever, but I wasn't expecting it for whatever reason. We had a, a lady come out to the house to do the test. It was for free. And um, I was standing there just expecting two negatives. I tested two just because I'm with him. And she's like, um, positive. And I was like, who? Me or him? Yeah. And sure enough, he was. And sadly, he had big plans this weekend with his friends. Well, it is Super Bowl weekend. We're we're you know recording this on Super Bowl Sunday, and yeah, he was going to be having a little sleepover with a couple of his buddies, his best buddies, and then going to Bush Gardens, the amusement park, and then having a Super Bowl party with his friend's dad. Yeah, so like three things in a row, basically. Yeah, yeah, like sleepover, like Bush Gardens, and then Super Bowl party. So he was pretty crushed yesterday. Yeah, I had to talk him up and you know tell him I understand, and we'll take a rain check. So yeah, talk him off the ledge, basically. Yeah, he's good now. Yeah, yeah, he's good. So we'll we'll make it uh, worth his while. And I'm like, and you get to miss school for five days. So there yeah. you go. Yeah, lucky dad that works from home and gets to hear about everything going on and get him his tea and all that stuff. Yeah, so, so he's quarantined to his bedroom. We wear our N95 mask when going in there. Yep. I lice all the hell out of this house. I imagine. Yeah. I was uh, out and about getting stuff uh, yesterday, so I didn't see the lice all happening, but I imagine it did. And then you, we all got COVID tested just to be sure. Right, just to kind of have a baseline. So exactly, because you know, I don't want to go to work and infect other people. Obviously, right. So which is nice. It's of you. good to know. You know, I'm I'm kind like that. Right, right. And um, your hospital you work at, they you know they don't care if somebody in your family has it. No, it's we're able about, to go. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> you haven't had uh, daily testing or anything. I've, like that. It was the first time I was ever tested. I work in a hospital since the pandemic started. Every day. Yeah. In the ICU. 
And I have never once other than yesterday been tested by co- with COVID. And we know a lot of people that like work in healthcare, like your cousin and you know our, our friend and everything, and they, they get tested almost daily that's or weekly? That's the nursing home. That's okay. different. That's oh. how it is here, too. Because that, that's really dangerous. Yeah. Well, you're in a hospital. That's also dangerous. But I don't feel safer anywhere, but the hospital, like safer, safest place to me is a hospital because we're wearing our protective equipment and stuff versus going to the grocery store. You could be standing next to somebody and you don't know they have COVID. Right. At least I know the person I'm going to talk to has COVID. <laughs> yeah, like they definitely do. And, and I'm, I'm prepared. Make sure, yeah, I'm make sure I wear my N95 and all that. Other than that, I chopped my hair. Yeah, if you're you watching the video, three inches, which doesn't sound like a lot, but my hair was like kind of past my collarbone and now it's well above my collarbone. Yeah, it's so. cute and like ready to go. A little sassy, yeah. a little change. You know, you got to spice things up. You said you've been putting it up a lot anyway. So you yeah, may I'm well. like, I'm throwing this crap in a ponytail anyway. Yeah, I may as well just chop it. It's kind of like making love to a new woman, <laughs> you know, so it's nice. It's like, hey, uh, what's your Nice name? way to make it awkward, Mike. Well, I, viewers if you're in listeners if this is your first time around I, i'd like to just kind of make things real so well and if there's a line yeah. mike pole vaults over the line i try to because that's you know it really surprises people usually it does. it's a good reaction and it embarrasses the hell out of me right which ultimately is what we're here for yes <laughs> i mean if i'm gonna be honest <laughs> so yeah it is super bowl sunday i'm excited about that that's pretty fun we get to have little snacks and stuff you know we like to eat more plant-based yeah um, so you you created some some good stuff yes full vegan meal i know people it sounds very exciting <laughs> <laughs> um, no chicken wings in this joint but you know it is for the greater good of mike's health you yeah. want to keep them here um so i made a vegan buffalo chicken dip which i know that sounds interesting it's jackfruit instead of chicken and you might think well jackfruit's really sweet if you even know what jackfruit is which it's that big like green fruit right that that's the it's one? very strange and it's like as big as a watermelon almost like a little smaller than a watermelon yeah and it's hard to cut up i've i've never cut it up myself but it's super super sweet but the stuff you put in this dip is not ripe so it's not sweet at all of course because that would be disgusting um so it looks like it'll be good and then i'm making vegan sloppy joes and then i made these vegan chocolate peanut butter bars they're awesome i got yeah. into them a little bit last night so i don't care if you are the biggest meat eater in the world and the word vegan sends you running in the opposite direction and i understand if that's the case but these are the bomb so yeah and i mean it's just peanut butter and chocolate and both mm-hmm. of those can be vegan you know especially the chocolate as long as you don't put milk well i like cow in my peanut butter so yeah. I, I like to get the jiffy <laughs> cow <laughs> it's, it's called jiffy moo nice. actually hey good job good joke that was a good Thanks. one that was really good so yeah we got all those things planned for well uh, pe- peanut butter can be vegan <laughs> well it's like when people are like wow these potato chips are cholesterol free it's like um yeah they're potatoes and vegetable oil so nothing animal in that well that's you know not everybody knows that cholesterol only comes from animals yeah so. you have to have a liver in order for it to have cholesterol yeah so that's my liver produces cholesterol that cow's liver produces cholesterol yeah but that's where the potato does not produce cholesterol nor do the vegetables in the the vegetable oil produce cholesterol right right so yeah interesting other than that anything else going on with you i don't think so all right yeah yeah i'm thinking i'm ready to tell the story let's cannonball in sounds good so um oh before we go um we have follow us on our socials uh crime and coffee and the number two crime and coffee two on instagram twitter i think you can find us on tiktok i'm gonna start putting some tiktoks (laughs) all this is so new to me i'm a 43 year old almost 43 and uh yeah i've never been on tiktok before in my life it's uh it's one of those time sucks so it's it's a lot of fun We'll see. I don't have much time to suck. So I do. I have tons. So I put 
my I do let some time suck away, but it, I choose. Has it. I pick Everybody and choose. Has it. Pinterest. Yeah. Great British Baking Show. Right. It's a matter of yeah. where you want to choose it. So yeah, come follow us on there. We'll uh, yeah leave the light on for you, as they say in the Motel Six commercials. So this week uh, we're going over. Um, it's going to be called. I think I'm going to call it uh, the. Well, I'm going to say the guy's name, Marvin Hemeyer. Okay. Oh, never heard of it. Yeah, Marvin Hemeyer. It's it's something. It's you know not a specific. Um, it's definitely not a murder. So okay, that's good. There's definitely a crime that goes on though. Okay. Plenty of crime. So this guy's name is Marvin Hemeyer. Takes place in the '90s. Um, so this you know just kind of give you the the idea here. He's from South Dakota. Uh, he served in the Air Force. So, uh, you know, uh, definitely a, a guy that kind of moved around a bit, depending on where he was stationed. He had a knack for welding and working on engines and motors. So he was just really good at it. I happened to really enjoy it and, you know, found his kind of his calling. He ended up getting stationed in Colorado at some point and eventually decided to live there. So he worked at a muffler shop because he was so good at welding and, and machining and stuff and moved up really quickly. Like all the training he had, like definitely put him in a good position. They were like, wow, you're, you're good. Mm-hmm. And they've quickly found that you're, you're the guy for this stuff. So um, eventually he figured out, you know, why am I working for this guy when I'm clearly the best welder? Like pretty much in this, <laughs> this whole, not, yeah. not even the shop, but like the city basically. Bust uh, off on his own. Yep. So he figured out he can go out on his own, open his own uh, muffler shops. Okay. Makes sense. Yep. Why work for the man when you can work for yourself? That's what I tell my kids, man. If you want to make like real, real money, you got to own your own business. And not deal with the stupid rules that come with working for somebody else. Yeah. Somebody that's just like, well, you have to be there every single day, nine to five, because that's how it's always been. Like there's no real reason. Like if you can get your work done. You I'm know, sorry, I'm efficient. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to sit here at my desk and kill some time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, in the, actually, you know, I say Marvin. Uh, his name is also Marv, obviously. So they call him Marv a lot. But um, Marv agreed with that too because he had this. Uh, you know, once he moved to, to Colorado, he found this snowmobiling thing that he really liked. Like he loved, loved, loved snowmobiling. Like loved. It. I don't know if I've ever been on a snowmobile. I haven't. I don't think so. We we used to live in Chicago. There used to be a lot of snowmobiling in like yeah. Wisconsin and all that stuff. It's kind of like jet skiing, but on snow. Yeah, it's exactly it. Yeah. So he he ended up finding a uh, he had a Thursday. Like Thursday snowmobiling club, oh, where that's like fun. a lot of them take off just Thursday and just I go and love that all around the mountains and just go crazy. <sighs> Sounds so, amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it was important for him to be able to have that time and you know something that he enjoyed. So. Yeah, clear your head. Yep. So he did that, and you know he just loved the area. I thought it was beautiful, God's country kind of stuff. Definitely mm-hmm. a guy into God. Not not super super you know um, crazy Christian or anything, but just just a guy that appreciated the finer things or you know just the. Just, just life in general. Mm-hmm. So, um, now this happened to take place in Granby, Colorado, which is about two hours uh, west of Boulder, Colorado. Okay, I've never been to Colorado, so um, I've been to like Denver, and that's. About I it. would love to go to Colorado, though. It's a fantastic place. Yeah, it um, looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. See, Sorry, I, Mike's taking a sip of coffee. Well, when I take a dead sip, air, you're supposed to talk. We both picked up our coffee cups at no, the same no, time. No, I picked it up first, and you, when I pick it up, you're supposed to be like, oh, but instead <laughs> she picked it up, and she's like, huh, I'm going to take a sip at okay. the same time. In my defense, I have slept like absolute garbage oh. for the past, like probably five days. Okay, okay. Well, yeah. just a, a hint. I pick it up. You I've been up talk. since 4.30 okay. in the morning. I'm a little foggy, so okay. pardon our dead air, people. I apologize. So Rookie I'm, mistake. It is. So, um... Now the thing is, this is obviously Marv's the uh, the 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 whole idea of the story here. 
he had recorded a lot of audio tapes leading up to what I'm going to tell you about. Okay. Uh, which is really fascinating. I highly suggest. I'm, I'll probably splice a few in here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just a lot of stuff. He, it's kind of his manifesto. Um, why he wanted to do what I'm going to tell you about. Um, what drove him to this. And I'm going to tell you kind of what it was too. But it's really, really interesting listening to him. Um, he seems like a guy that's just kind of had enough. Like, just been, like, finally pushed over the edge. Like, just kind of pushed and pushed and just, like... What was pushing him? I'll tell you in a second Okay. Here. So... Enlighten us. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wrote down a couple of quotes here, and I'll tell you throughout my story kind of some of the areas where what he said. Um, he said, you know, what I've always heard is if you have a champagne income with a beer taste, then you're going to do you're going to do really well. Yeah, that's much better than a beer budget with champagne taste. Is that right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Right, right. Like a beer income with a champagne taste. Yeah. Because so you know he was a muffler shop owner and he did well and you know he was widely known as like the best muffler guy, the best welder around. So he did really well and he took care of his money. Didn't really spend a lot besides like basically it was snowmobiling. Sure, but and, simple. Other than that, right, right. So. Um, he said, that's what I've always had. And he also said, uh, for who I was and what I was, I think I was a very rich man and I'm thankful to God for giving me that life. It's nice to be thankful. So he lived in a modest house and everything, but just like, just knew like, you know, he didn't have to worry about money. Basically. Was he single? Uh, he had a girlfriend, uh, Trisha McDonald. Okay. Um, through most of the story. And how old is he? Um, he's like 50s late 50s okay um early 60s i just area. like to picture i know that's one area i don't like really think about because i'm looking at him so it's like i gotta set that story but the listener does I know. not know that's a good point see that's the thing i need to learn so good job good job so yeah late 50s early 60s okay older guy all right so um like i said he's the best welder around and outdoorsman loved a snowmobile um glenn trainer the grand county under sheriff which is just a guy under the sheriff like sounds like it step down um during this time he said he had a great reputation in the town never met anyone who disliked marv ever so you know guy that generally is just a stand-up guy everybody enjoyed like they they talked about him a lot so you know i, I had to bring in this problem with my truck i was trying to build and marv's like well let me take a look and welded the hell out of it and fixed whatever was you know wrong with it like just like a guy that was almost like a magician mm-hmm. when it came to this kind of stuff so um like i mentioned he was dating trisha mcdonald um lovely lady um you know she said that he found him she found him really attractive like larger than life very confident guy um you know he didn't seem like it as much if you if you kind of you know he's i don't i don't know why maybe because he was so like just felt like he was just like beaten down so much by a lot of what happened here but um yeah she really loved him and you know or at least really liked him and she kind of looks back at the the time to smell together very mm-hmm. fondly she even said that he was the first guy he was uh she was intimate with after her divorce oh so little, that's a big jump there yeah yeah a little tidbit so um you know they had a, a good relationship there so like i said you know every thursday marv would take off for the snowmobile club it was kind of cool they said you know they'd have anywhere between like five and 30 guys joining them on the snowmobile club on thursdays and you weren't considered like an official part of the group until Marv welded you a bumper. Oh, he so, would put it on the snowmobile? Yeah. So he did custom like measure every you know snowmobile because they're all different, you know, depending on your manufacturer sure. and whatever. So he'd measure them and then custom weld a bumper for each of these ones. Just so they, when they go out, they could like take down like really small trees and stuff. Okay. Kind of like push right through them. Yeah. They set up to like five inch thickness of trees. Oh. So they could just plow through them and wow. not have to worry about anything. So. Yeah, it was it was cool. They're all really close guys. You can tell, like they knew Mar very well. They liked him quite a bit. His best friend um, was also part of this group, and yeah, you know, they had even like a younger guy that came around when he was like he would start to be part of the group at like sixteen years old, 
And uh, there was this, this um, documentary I watched, and he talked about Marv fondly, like, you know, even though I couldn't go out drinking with these guys, like, they just took me on as one of their own and, you know, kind of showed me the areas and everything, so. It's like a motorcycle <clears throat> gang, gang, but on snow. Yeah, exactly. And you get tight. And it's interesting because a lot of people, I would imagine, must have been self-employed or retired or something because you you work on Thursdays for the most part. So it's an interesting time to do this. Yeah, and you know what? That's a good point. <clears throat> So Granby, where this happened, um, it was a it's a smaller town, and you know, like I said, two hours outside of Boulder, it's one of those towns where you know what your neighbors doing, and everybody kind of knows each other in the sure. town, and um, so you know, it was kind of a slower life. Um, you're kind of in this box, they said, um, which you know is good and bad. Yeah, um, you know, for whatever it is, they said they in the winter time. A lot of times they might have like two weeks where the weather doesn't get above ten degrees. Oh wow! So very like frigid type of mountain. Kind of hunker down, yeah, and, yeah, exactly. So, so you're right. Um, there, and it seems like you know. Oh, by the way, Joe's like hardware shop's going to be closed for the next three days. Mm-hmm. You, you know, everybody knows that. It's right. not like you go and like you're expecting it open. It's just kind of like, yeah. well, like a corporation. Like you wouldn't walk up to Lowe's and it'd be shut. Right. You you would expect these hours, and you know, a small town, it's different. Yeah. So it's not like a hundred people. It's like about a thousand. You know, a couple mm-hmm. thousand people is what it's look what it looks like. So. Um, so yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, kind of weird, like every Thursday in, in America, like that just sounds like it wouldn't happen. Like that'd be something in Europe or something, but nope, he was, he was definitely part of it and, uh, yeah, loved, loved what he did. So all in all, nice Marv was considered kind of a nice member of the community. So after a few months of living in Granby, um, like I said, um, you know, Marv was operating his muffler shop on this piece of land. Um, he was like, you know what? I want to try to buy this land. He made enough money and he's like, all right, let's, let's try to get it. So he wanted to get this uh, land for his muffler business. He attended a public auction and placed some bids on a nice two-acre plot of land with 3,000-square-foot building for his muffler operation. He outbid a guy named Cody Dochiff. So we're going to be talking a lot about him. Uh, Owner of Mountain Park Concrete. So the Dochiffs were looking for land to expand their business. Um, You know, wanted to find a a, a little area where they can mix all their concrete and stuff. Uh, Cody Dochiff had a friend with him named Gus Harris. Gus was sponsoring Cody with the financing. So, um, you know, Cody maybe didn't or did have the money, whatever it was, but Gus was going to be paying for this, mm-hmm. basically. So, Were he and Gus partners? Um, friends, really good friends. Okay. Um, Gus was like a bus driver. So I don't know where he got all bus this money. Bus driver in a small town. Yeah, and he was mayor. Sponsoring money for a concrete guy. Like, he's one of those guys, like, this is the t- kind of town where everybody's, like, mayor at some point. Like, <laughs> like you know, Gus was a bus driver and a mayor at some point. Yeah, you know, jack was, of all trades. Right, right. So, anyways, they were both there trying to, to bid on this land. Um, you know, it kind of went back and forth. Um, Gus, you know, would, would bid here and there, and uh, Marv would bid here and there, but... <clears throat> Eventually, Marv won the auction because Gus wouldn't go above like a fifty grand bid. I think he actually ended up getting it for a little under fifty, like forty-four or something like that. Um, after Marv won the bid and all was said and done, Cody Dochiff came over and pretty much like mf'd Marv up and down. Oh, like kind of like you son of a bitch! Like you come in here, you think you're new, and blah blah blah. Yeah, you, know, you can run this place. You know, I'll have you know that you know granby's been around forever yeah whatever kind of like and you know from marv's perspective he's like what the hell is this yeah he's like dude i paid for it fair and square sorry for your loss but let's uh be civil about this yeah and marv in his tapes you know the reason we know this is marv had his tapes uh marv said he was the rudest and most arrogant person just a fucking asshole yeah quote unquote from marv uh cody denies that this ever happened though 
So there's two sides to every story. Like, well, what do we say? There's two sides to every story and the truth somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. So Cody's like, nope, I don't even remember seeing him. And it's like, that's weird. Like, that's a lot of detail yeah. that Marv would say. And, then, and why would he lie? Right. I mean, may, I don't know, because maybe he might have some mental issues. I don't know. Like, we really don't know. But Cody says this never happened. And he doesn't even think he met Marv at his auction. Gus agreed, said, doesn't, I don't remember seeing Marv there at all. Weird. Yeah. Yeah, so in the documentary I was watching, like, the first half was, like, oh, man, like, bi- kind of building up Marv. Like, you know, he was just, like, wronged by so many people. And then I'm like, oh, by the way, uh, Cody said this never happened. Gus said this never happened. And, you know, you could say there's two sides to every story, but that's a completely different tale. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a he said, she said. This was I didn't say. Right. Now, I don't know if I'm supposed to be giving any opinion or something like that, but I'm going to do it anyway because I don't give a shit. So... Well, you go, Mike. Yeah, this is my story. So, um... I kind of tend to believe the Marv side of things, uh, maybe because I heard his voice quite a bit and he just sounded so like just desperate and stuff. But I believe at least something happened. There had to be some kind of an interaction. Maybe yeah. it wasn't as bad as Marv made it out to be, but there had to be something. Right. Why would he say that otherwise? Yeah, you wouldn't think so. And just, especially just knowing his like reputation and stuff, like it seems like he'd be kind of a stand up guy. Hmm. Um, I just don't understand why a guy would just decide to make that up. I don't know either. So. Yeah, I, I we'll see. Um, so anyways, one of Marv's best friends um, said, well, he'd love living in Granby for the beautiful beauty of it all. You know, they even called it God's country. They're like, you know, why would you live anywhere else? He's like, well, I know why you might live somewhere else because here in town, there's a good old boys club. Mm. So it's like, you know, the, the, the town that is kind of run by the same people yeah, forever. Which is problematic if there's trouble because then nothing's being done. It's just being swept under the rug. Right. Or it's just like, oh, you want this? I don't think so. We're yeah. going to make some kind of rule that's going to prevent you from doing mm-hmm. this. So now you see where the things are going to start to come, come Yeah. Here. It's not your typical rules. Right. Exactly. It's not like, oh, this is against the rules. They're like, oh, actually. Um, we make our own yeah, rules. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> and I've always, you know, I've always heard the people in the mountains were a little bit different. Um, well, I guess it's a it's di- it is different in the mountains. Right. It's like your own little like oasis island. Like, and you're trying to survive in the winter. It's very you know? harsh. You yeah, kinda, you're, you got to be kind of tough and stuff like that. And, yeah, you know, it's kind of like a cowboy, but in the mountains. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's interesting. So, anyways, so you know, with this good old boys club, not long after Marv bought the land, he was waiting for the town to figure out how he can get connected to the sewer. Uh, main for his building right so he was just waiting to be annexed and being like okay we're going to schedule the time for the line to be drawn here and whatever so they're like yeah we'll figure it out we'll figure it out uh he kept waiting and waiting and eventually found out that the town board decided that uh marv needed to connect the sewer main to his property with his own money hmm. um, which doesn't typically happen okay so that would cost him between sixty to eighty thousand dollars. Oh man, um, that's because they show a map and it's like, yeah, you'd have to go like north quite a bit and connect at this spot. That's a lot. Yeah. So he just bought it for like forty something grand, and then he's going to pay <laughs> double that to put sewage. Right. Right. So it's like I'm screwed, basically. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't have purchased this property had this been the case. Now maybe you know could he have done more due diligence? I would say perhaps, but maybe at that point he did, and he's like, okay, well I'll be annexed into the the sewer and sanitation. Everything will be fine. They said annexed. I didn't even know what this meant until I. Watched watch this documentary so i'm i'm not this smart by the way but um yeah so he'd have to spend about 60 to 80 grand and they wouldn't let him operate until he connected the sewer main um so he's like you know they didn't put anything in writing but he's like you know what screw this um i'm just gonna operate my business anyways people can go take a piss outside if they want to or something right um so a guy named ron thompson was a leader of the granby town board and he was the friend of the dochefs mm. okay so he's obviously the Dochefs lost the bid for the man, uh, the land to Marv. 
The Thompson family owned a bunch of land in Granby, and they had their own excavation company as well. So they were one of the biggest well-known families in the town. So the Thompsons, it was like, you know, the dad had like three boys, and they all had their hands and everything. Still do to this day. They still Mm -hmm. have like an excavation company. You go to the Granby, and you talk about the Thompsons. It's kind of like, you know, the the hierarchy, basically. They've been there forever. Everybody knows them. They have a bunch of businesses. So he was going to make sure that this is going to be a tough, tough sled for him. So... Marv became angry at Gus Harris, the guy that was you know, fronting the money, Cody Dochiff, the guy that wanted the land, and the Thompson family for, in his opinion, using their relationships to make things harder on him. Mm-hmm. Basically, like, you're the new guy. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck getting through us, asshole. So, at this point, Marv was just like, this really sucks, um, but whatever. Like, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut and just kind of try to do what I can with my business here. So, uh, took it in stride, didn't want to cause too much of a fuss. So, he went about his business, ran a shop from that new location. So, he opened up. He was doing pretty well. So, he couldn't wash his hands or, like, go to the bathroom? Um, No. I mean, there was no water connected or anything. That's rough. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what he did. I guess took a dump in the... In the woods. Maybe in a bucket and throw it out there. I guess so what they had, what it ha- was there was some like concrete mixer. And I guess that's where people pissed and shat. Ew. Yeah. That stinks. Yeah. It, literally. Uh, probably. So disgusting. But um, I don't know. So um, not too long after that, the town did something called spot zoning where they just decide out of the blue that this zone of this area, you know, like there's residential areas, there's commercial areas, there's industrial areas. Mm-hmm. So they came through and they changed a zone right next to Marv's place. And I think it went from like a, a commercial area to an industrial area is like this one little plot of land. And wouldn't you know, uh, the industrial area is needed for Cody Dochev and his, his, uh, you know, his whole uh, concrete business. So they changed a classification and some land right next to Marv's property so that Cody could operate his expanded concrete business. Hmm. So Marv's like, son of a bitch. These sons of bitches are coming at me again. And, you know, he's, he's starting to feel like he's getting attacked again here. Obviously, it pissed Marv off. And Marv made sure to bring hell into the town hearings regarding the new zoning proposals. So he just came in. He's like, you know, pretty much guns a-blazing. And he's like, this is like bullshit. And he, what he did, it was they were kind of nearby a, uh, a residence, like a, a, a subdivision. Mm-hmm. So he gathered a lot of those people in the subdivision together. And he was like hey, come with me to the board meeting. This new concrete plant is going to have a bunch of dust. Like, who knows like what it'll do to your, your home values. Trucks coming in and out. Yep, a lot of noise. It's going to be, you know, maybe they'll get in. They need a ton of water. So I don't know if your water pressure will be down because, you know, they got to mix all the concrete. Right. And if they get into the water main and bust something, then all of a sudden all your clean water is done. Mm-hmm. So it's like these are so many, like, risks that something's going to happen here. So he ended up getting a lot of them together. And they're like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, we don't need a concrete mixer here. So they came to the town hall meetings, and he did a really good job riling them up and everything. And, um, you know, so they went in just being like, yeah, we cannot have this. Um, let's see here. So I was afraid of bringing a bunch of Because I know I wouldn't want a concrete plant next to my subdivision. Right. I mean, it's like you look around. Yeah. I mean, those trucks are really loud. Yeah. In the mornings, they're all going to their mm-hmm. jobs and stuff. It's, uh, you know, there's a reason they, they're zoned for an area. Mm-hmm. So after more than five meetings, um, unfortunately, the town approved the land zoning for Cody Docha. Oh, of course. But they did bring in a few conditions. So they were like, you know, Cody's like, yeah, you know what? There is typically a lot of dust. But in this situation, I'll make sure that this and this and this happens. Okay. And so, you know, if for noise ordinance, we'll make sure everything's shut down by five o'clock or whatever. And then at be. six in the morning, they're fueling up their trucks and 
getting out there you know was that in the ordinance or whatever well there probably there probably was something like maybe we don't start until seven yeah. or eight or whatever it might be so they, they you know the town board did end up saying you know what marv did bring a lot of good points up things that we didn't think about right and you know they're just saying this because they're just probably just like oh yeah yeah you know they're they're politicians they know mm-hmm. exactly what they're doing right they you know, the good old boys are like oh yeah that was a good idea okay go ahead cody go <laughs> get your your land there so a little wink and a nod and a pat on the butt yeah like go get him cody <laughs> take care buddy give me my marlboros so um at the same time the so any yeah anyways he got he got the land okay. everything everything improved except you know made it a little bit more palatable for the nearby mm-hmm. neighborhood so marv's pissed off um at the same time <clears throat> at the same time the town started cracking down really hard on marv and they're like you know what we talked about the sewer connection it's still not done here so they started to make it official they're like like you have to do this or you're shut down yep they made an official notice saying you cannot operate and you need to connect to the sewer that was about 400 feet away just come up with eighty thousand dollars no bigs right so the only problem so it was about 400 feet away and now there was a big problem in the line of uh here so the only problem was there was a piece of property in the way let me guess cody's (laughs) yes exactly So Marv told his friends that Cody just would not give him the approval to go connect to the the thing, which was you know four hundred feet away. So Why? Why couldn't he connect to it? Now there's defending. There's there's like differing stories there. Okay. So afterwards, Cody was like, you know what? I I gave him approval. I said, oh, but it was like after a certain amount of times of like trying to screw with him. Uh-huh. So it was trying to screw with him, and we don't know now because Marv. You know, I, unfortunately, you can't talk to Marv anymore. And I'll tell you why. <sighs> These are grown ass men. It's like life is too short, and you each have your own businesses. Who wants to fight over this crap? Right. Connect to the friggin' water line. Well, Cody said, you know, we did offer or it sewer to him. Line, and, you know, he's like, I did offer to buy his land a few times. There were you know talks that people said. Yeah, um, you know, at one point Marv said for three hundred fifty grand, and Co- Cody was like, "Okay, three fifty. But then he's like, "Ah, oh, you know what? No, three seventy-five. And Marv only bought it for forty-four thousand. Yeah, wow, that would have been a hell of a profit. Yeah, great profit. So you know, they're depending on stories. Now, there's no like official even offers or any of this stuff, but this is what the one guy says versus Marv's word. And maybe Marv was just sticking to his guns just out of spite for Could Cody. Be. Like, I'm not backing down. Like, you're just gonna buy me out, and I got to get out the hell out of the way and let everybody. I would get the hell out of the way and find myself another two acres somewhere else in this town. Yep. So, yeah, Cody has this property. Cody would need to approve an easement to allow Marv to connect to the water and sewer, but he would not give it to him. What is an easement? It's just kind of an approval. It's okay. Just an easement of the, like, his, he owns the land. He's like, I'm, I'm letting you use this portion of the land. For would this. it have affected him negatively, Cody, to just let him connect? No. I mean, so that's just being spiteful. Kind of, yeah. So... And again, we don't know all the story, but right. it seems like yes, there was some definitely some yeah some some animosity animosity there. right. So the town ended up starting to find Marv a hundred dollars per day, saying Ugh. he was operating a business without being hooked up to the sewer. Okay, so cleanliness reasons. That's just yeah, they couldn't have can't it. have a business with feces co- coated hands like yeah, our son. It makes it hard. Makes it hard. You might get COVID. <laughs> you might get COVID. Well, not at this. You time, might get E. coli. You never know. Right. It's like a gamble. Right. Russian roulette. Yep. So Marv wrote a check for $3,351, and he wrote on the memo line, Cowards and Liars Department, because mm. <laughs> he wanted to get back to him a little bit. But mm-hmm. they're like, well, we got our check. I think everything's fine. We're good. So unfortunately, they refused the check. They said it was the incorrect amount, which pissed off Marv even more. So the $3,000 was covering X days of not having the sewage? Correct. Okay. Exactly. 
So they refused the check, said, you know, something's wrong with it. So Marv's like, what? You're not accepting my check now? I can't even pay my own fines. And he's like starting to just go crazy. He comes to like the, the town hall and he's like talking to the clerk and he's like, this is a fine check. Like, what are you talking about? Turns out that the check actually was written wrong. So it said 3351 and it said like 300. 51 or something like that's that. such an easy fix though well right but they still can't cash it if it says something wrong. right so you call them and say hey marv you filled out the check wrong can you send us another one right which i think that from what they're saying they said they did that and he oh just my blew goodness. up so he might have uh, you know an anger issue nobody yeah. but the thing is the only guy that definitely 100 percent has an anger issue is cody dochev everybody knows cody's uh yeah, we'll fly off the handle and he's kind of a dick. Well, and those people tend to be the leaders because nobody wants to be on the wrong side of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like the squeaky wheel gets the grease. The big mouths are the ones that get their way. And the bullies. The bullies. Yeah, because it's like a lot of people that aren't like type A personalities are going to just be like, whatever, have your thing and I'll just do my thing over here. Like, you know, and I am a type A personality. I like to control a lot of things, but I can't stand um what's the word i'm trying to think of um not animosity but confrontation and somebody who thinks they're better than people yeah and just i don't want to fight right and i I don't it takes a lot out of you i kind of side with marv i don't like when things are done just because you know this is a a little town and we own it like it should be run by the rules i totally get that completely but it sucks the life out of a person yeah for sure so anyways, Marv thinks he's getting screwed, like, but it's like it was it was actually an error. So okay. you, you should have changed it. But yeah, so there's some things where Marv's starting to like kind of look for stuff at this point. Uh-huh. And uh, there's there's definitely some some evidence of that. Anyways, Marv gets an attorney and he's like, enough of this. He files a lawsuit paying this attorney a shitload of money. Ugh, but, so much money lost. Yeah. Um, it's like you could have just connected to the sewer by this point. Yeah, exactly. So there, there was probably a way that Marv could have connected to the sewer, but he just wanted to fight it. And mm-hmm. sick of getting bullied, sick of getting told what to do. And I think it is important, though, to establish that because otherwise they're just going to continue to run the town and do what they want. Right. And he's at the point where he has enough money to be able to do this stuff. So he's he's pretty well off. Um, And he's like, I don't have any kids. You know, I... I, I Love my snowmobiling. Got plenty of money for that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he can go take vacations wherever he wants, pretty much. So he's just like, screw it. I'm going to go against this town and try to change things for the future. And his business wasn't being negatively affected by this? No. I didn't know if, like, Cody was, like, smearing his name through town, like, don't go to Marv. No, that didn't happen. Okay. So, um, for whatever reason. But well, maybe, too. It's a small town. And they all when, know when your good. car or whatever screwed up, you want to go to the best guy. Right. And, like, he was by far the best. Like, yeah. you, you go to him and you won't see him again because it's already yeah. taken care of. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think there was no way to screw his name, basically. Um, so, yeah, he gets an attorney. Marv's watching Dochef's batch plant. They called it the batch plant. The it's, concrete plant? Yeah, it's called. It's like mixing batches, mm-hmm. basically. The batch plant getting built. So, he's standing out there while he's like suing the, the town. And he's watching this batch plant getting built, even though it shouldn't be. Like, it's kind of like, like there's like no lawsuit going on for potentially stopping this land from being like developed. But they got approval to develop it. Yeah, but now there's a lawsuit. So it's kind of in. Oh, in, when you're in the midst of a lawsuit, you can't. Well, because it's possible that this might, you know, you might have this land taken down. But Cody went forward with it. And, mm. you know, he'd have to take down everything if it wasn't approved. But it seemed like Cody knew that he was fine. Basically. Okay. So he's sitting there, you know, Marv's at his muffler shop just watching this get built. So just imagine kind of how pissed off every single day. He's every just day like, it's in your eh, face. Son of a bitch, mother, son of a... You know? So, yeah, he's, he's watching this happen and uh, not liking it one bit. Um, come on. Oh, there we go. Sorry, trying to figure out this new do this new laptop here. thing or tablet or yeah. whatever the kids call it these days. Okay, I got it. So, um, yeah. So nine months later, 
the court made its ruling on the lawsuit and it dismissed completely dismissed the lawsuit the, the judge is like yeah this is without merit it's dismissed so obviously pissed marv off <laughs> again this is a big story about marv getting pissed off uh after marv spent about one hundred fifty thousand dollars on the lawyer that's rough so down the drain the lawyer suggested they you know not um uh apply or uh, uh appeal appeal yes thank you so the mm-hmm. lawyer suggested they not appeal because it was a losing effort and so Marv, well, and then what are you going to do funnel more money for a losing cause right and so like there was parts on the tape where marv was like you know what i end up thinking this attorney just wanted to kind of suck me dry of money but it's like no nah, if he wanted to suck you dry he would have said go for an appeal right because then he would have gotten more money from you yeah another 50 to 100 grand so at this point in time it's like you gotta cut your losses so marv's starting to be like you know what i have a you know i have a, a job to do here and everybody's against me he's starting to just like really kind of turn inward and be like it makes you a very bitter pill yep so this started to become entirely personal to marv he felt defeated uh humiliated mm-hmm. you know he said he'd see these board members all through town and they'd snicker at him he said snicker several times oh so kind of like under the breath like oh there's the loser hey marv how's your uh, how's the concrete business going mm-hmm. next door well, yeah kind of you can totally picture that kind of well, stuff. well they were getting pleasure out of riling him up right yeah kind of like the nice try a hole but we were on this town mm-hmm. yeah go ahead you got another uh, lawyer coming to us uh, just give him my number yeah, yeah you know where i am so the thing is, Marv didn't really let um, let on to his girlfriend or any of his friends just how angry he was. Like he said, you know, this sucks, basically. But it wasn't like they didn't know that in his head, like this is all he could think about. Wow. He really kept it under wraps. Yeah. I'm one of those people that I can't hide anything. I don't have a poker face. If I'm pissed off, you know it. Oh, you do. That's right. Sure. <laughs> if I'm stressed out, you know it. Yep. So the fact that he was able to suppress all of these emotions, that's really unhealthy. Yeah, it made it probably worse. I, I mean, this guy has got to be like bubbling up under the surface. Absolutely. You're right. So, you know, at, and then at this point, he's like, you know what? I think God called me to this. He's like this. God called me to create a solution to this. Like get back to these people somehow. His reasoning was, you know, I never got married. I never had kids. This must be my job in life. Just put a stop to this behavior. Yeah, exactly. He went, he, he you know, I don't know if I talk about this later, but um he sat in his hot tub so and he had cracked open a beer he said that was his moment of clarity kind of like he he connected with god at that point and he's like i have a job and i know what i'm supposed to do and if i'm not supposed to do this it'll be stopped somehow some way but i have a job and i'm gonna do it mm. and i'll tell you what that is okay here so um so um you know he's just like yeah you know what if you know basically i thought you know this might be happening in small and big towns all over the world like marv's basically like i gotta step up for the little guy here who's like working hard and making a good honest business and try to like, change things for the future mm-hmm. so um you know one day marv went to the living thompson boys larry and gary thompson because their brother had passed away like a year before that um the one that was responsible that got cody dochef you know some of his land so they were the brothers of Ron Thompson and the sons of Granby Mayor Dick Thompson, who had passed away since the board meetings. He told the Thompson brothers that their family owed Marvin $300,000 and he'd like them to pay up between like the lawyer's fees and just like loss of um, you know land and business and just like all his time spent. He's like, you know what? I, I calculated that your family owes me $300,000 and you're going to pay me up. And Did he expect them to just no. hand over 300000 I think he was trying to, like, cause a little stir uh-huh. a little bit. And they're like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Like, get the hell out of here. And so he's like, um, you know, he left. And pretty much he said, I'll get my money back one way or another. 
So he kind of like, I hate to say it, but he reminds me of like me and my son a little bit. Like if if somebody screws us, we're going to try to get him back like 10 times worse, basically. Yeah. And I don't necessarily like that philosophy. No, but it's just like one of those things like you don't like belittle me. You're like, you know, like I, I'm a good person and don't try to like make me a bad person and make me look bad. And I, I'm going to usually try to get people back much worse than they got me. You, you know? know, it's tough, though. Like I work in a hospital and there's a lot of you know, different people that I work with, most of them are wonderful, but there's some real jerks there that can be demeaning in a meeting with a group of colleagues that try to make you look stupid. Right. And it's like, I just end up feeling sorry for them because I know something bad is happening in the inside of them that they're trying to make me or somebody else feel stupid. Right. You just got to laugh it off. You got to brush it off and just say, well, they're just not the nicest of people. Like we tell our kids, like they probably were raised poorly or something like or that. Or they're miserable and they want other people to be miserable. Yeah, yeah. And I haven't had any kind of a revenge in like 20, 30 years. So it's not I like just, I go out. I don't know. Life is just too short for all that toxic. Well, especially we have kids now and a family, so it doesn't like yeah. make sense for anything. But Marvin didn't. So he's like, all right. Still not good for him. No. So they're basically like, yeah, we're not paying you anything. And he's like, well, I'm going to get it back some way. And as he was leaving, they said, S my D. Mm. So he's like, well, that told me right there that I was doing the right thing, that they were mad enough and there was something there. And so he he, he tried to find a meaning. Marv tried to find a meaning in like everything. Yeah. Like this happened, so it must be right. And it, it, it was like kind it. of, kind of, yeah, interesting. So we go to the summer of 2002. Okay. Marv goes to California to an auction looking for a Komatsu D355 bulldozer. Okay. Actually, he was just looking for any bulldozer. He happened to find a, a Komatsu D355. Hmm. Uh, which is a big bulldozer. Are you into bulldozers? Do you know? Um, yeah, I don't have the Komatsu one, yeah. <laughs> though I have the Shitaku one. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah the it's one the one night. Oh, that's the yellow one out front. That's the yellow one out front, oh. but the green one in the back yeah. is the Komodo. Okay, got it. That's I heard those Yeah, are good. the Komodo 201. Yeah, so you know this well. So the <laughs> D355 is a bulldozer, big one, big ass bulldozer, very strong. It weighs about 100,000 pounds. So he purchased this? Yeah. He uh he bid on it and he got it. How much does a bulldozer cost? Um, uh, probably around not not as much as I thought. I think it's like fifty thousand dollars, something huh, like that. Interesting. Yeah, it was used, not brand new. Okay. Um, so but in good shape. Because my Komodo in the backyard, that one's seventy five thousand. <laughs> <laughs> like you wouldn't think. I thought it would be like three hundred thousand, four hundred. I wouldn't 000. have a clue, I, but you would think it'd be well above what a car would be. Yeah, yeah, like a you know the. the like a navigator out front yeah not, just not the ours, sheer but, but size and yeah equipment of it strength and everything yeah. and industrialness i guess i would probably price it at about a hundred thousand maybe but what the heck do but i a know freaking tesla is a hundred grand so uh, you know i don't know but i guess yeah. it gets you i'd rather take a tesla to work rather than a uh the bulldozer, bulldozer. Yeah, yeah me too so a little uh, bit of a smoother ride with the tesla yeah so he got this komatsu d3 d355 had it delivered to his muffler shop mm. yep. what's he planning mm. on bulldozing well, he was going to make, you know, what it was is he was going to make like a path out of his place because this concrete business, you know, kind of really put a, uh, he used to have a shortcut to be able to get home. And now this concrete business, he had to like go all the way around now. So he was going to bulldoze some land and kind of make a, a spot towards the street if he ever got approval for it. And, you know, obviously he would never get approval. For Doesn't anything. sound good that he's going to get approval for anything at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's like even to take a dump, I think. No. Yeah. Uh, so... So he's got this bulldozer, and um, let's see. So Marvin said everything. Oh, okay, yep. Um, I had to take my, my coffee cup. So Marvin set up his bulldozer in his property with the blade facing out. Okay. So it was almost kind of like an intimidation tactic. 
towards Cody's business, uh, kind of saying, hey, I've got a bulldozer. Like, like a what, symbolic thing? Yeah, what am I going to do with it? I don't know, but I've got a bulldozer, just so you know. He even had a, and he put a for sale sign on it, like kind of immediately, hmm. which was weird. That's just confusing. Yeah, I don't know. Like, he, so he's he's making some weird decisions. He's like clearly kind of like at the end of his rope here. It's like, you know. The, the, Grasping for straws. A little bit, yeah. And so, and I mean, he had the money just to buy a freaking bulldozer. So it's sitting out there. Now, for whatever reason, Marv's like, you know what? I've, I'm done kind of having this fight. I just want to sell everything off. Like he decided I, I can't do it anymore. I want to just get rid of everything here. So he ends up running an auction and trying to sell everything on his land, including his land, including the bulldozer. So literally closing down his business. Correct. He's done. He's like, I, I can't do it anymore. And not to relocate, but to be done with his career. Right. Yeah. Was he financially in the place where he could just retire? Absolutely. Hey, hang up your hat, dude. Yep, more power. Go, to go him. take a Mediterranean cruise. That's what I say. Yeah, not to mention the property is worth quite a bit more. Mm-hmm. So you know, at this point, um, about four hundred fifty grand is what he's looking okay. for. Four hundred, four fifty. I mean, not too shabby. No, really hence nice buying profit. it for forty something thousand. Yep, yep. So Marvin said everything was sold except for the property and the bulldozer. So he's like, you know what? That was another thing. He's like, you know, it's just odd. I sold everything but the property and the bulldozer. So obviously I was meant to have it. And it's like, were you or did Maybe they just didn't have the right buyer at <laughs> yeah. the moment. It's it's quite possible that the person buying a bulldozer wasn't in your town at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's maybe I don't know. So, I mean, if I would have been there, I probably would have purchased it. But yeah, he had the property up for four hundred fifty grand, and yeah, you love bulldozers, so that would have been. <laughs> We've good. established that. Yeah, yeah, which is something new. You know, you've learned it about Allison. <laughs> um, it just so happens the bulldozer. So also, it happens the bulldozer barely clears the building that Marv has. So he didn't even measure anything. Like when he went to go buy this bulldozer, he's like, "I just want a freaking bulldozer." He bought it. It 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 only cover like it's two inches lower than the roof to get in. So it can fit in. But it was able to get in. And it's one inch less wide than the opening. So he got lucky. Basically. Okay. And he's like, you know what? That's another thing. If it wasn't like meant to happen, then why would this bulldozer fit perfectly into my building? It just so happened that your building door was, you know, made this big and the bulldozer was made that big. Right. Things happen. And there's, you know, sometimes you get it lucky. It doesn't and have you to be a sign from God. But to him, it was absolutely like in the tapes. He's like, why would it fit perfectly inside of my building? It was just made that way. Not, not for not for Marv. So anyways, now we're at uh, fall of 2003, um, about a year later. Marv finally sold the business. Uh, the business property to Travis Bussey and his partner on behalf of the Granby Trash Company. They were okay. looking for some new land. They wanted to be like closer to the area to put some of their trucks and stuff. They're like, this is a perfect plot of land. We're Did they need it. a bulldozer? No. So he still has the damn bulldozer. <laughs> right. Still's got the bulldozer. The selling price is four hundred grand. Okay. He bought it for forty two. Mm-hmm. So nice, tidy profit. Within a day or two, Travis had water and sewer hooked up to the property. You are flipping <laughs> kidding me. Nope, nope. What did he do to get the sewage hooked up? Just said, hey, Cody, can I run it through? And he's like, yep, no problem. So he put it up. Oh, my gosh. So this tells you that they're probably like there could have been some kind of an arrangement here that Cody, yeah. Cody would have let him or that Cody just didn't want Marv to do it. Or I, I don't mean, know. if they hated each other, Cody would say over my dead body. Are you hooking up? Whereas this new fella, he's like, yeah, sure. Come on in. Yeah. And not to mention that probably pissed Marv off. Even oh, more. my. Are you kidding me? <laughs> It's like a knife in the chest. Right. So, yeah, they made sure to say in the thing, like they, they interviewed um, 
the the leader of this newspaper and he's like yeah um yeah he had his, the the sewer set up within uh, 24 hours he said 24 hours yeah. and how long did marv have the business without sewage years and years and oh years. my gosh she this just like oh it makes me like feel sick inside yeah so um so yeah travis had water and sewer hooked up um and now marv rented the building back from travis because he wanted the travis wanted the land but he didn't care about the building much. Okay. So he's like, hey, can I still have the building and keep my you know, bulldozer in there? And he's like... So is it just a building with just a bulldozer in the center of the building and nothing else? Um, yeah. And it's kind of a big, bigger building, 3,000 square foot. So, I mean, quite a lot of area, but he also had like two acres of land. So the rest, you know, this guy, Travis, wanted to use the land mostly. Just um, What did Marv want to do with the building? Well, I'm about to tell you. Okay. So he wanted to park, park his uh, bulldozer in there. Okay, we've established that. But so he's got it, and he's going to work on the bulldozer. <laughs> what? Doing what? Here we go. So you're you're kind of pissed of you. You just want to know. Well, I mean, I'm just like befuddled by like why do you want this building <laughs> yeah. and this bulldozer? Like, go off and enjoy your life. Okay. Well, he's not going to. Well, you're letting Cody win no. by. Oh, you'll see. No, okay. He's not letting Cody. I win. just feel like all that pent up anger and aggression. Cody's winning here. So Marv figured he's going to do things just like the town does things behind closed doors. Okay. Okay. Um, Marv ended up not living in his own house, lived in this building, the the warehouse. What did the building look like? Um, industrial building, like just kind of a, you know, big like metal box. And it, it had electricity, but no sewage or I mean... Um, I think at this point now it does. Yeah, I know. But would the building have like pipes set up and like a toilet and such? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he had to. He had to have it on on property. So, yes. So his house is just sitting there and he's living in this building. Correct. Girlfriend's not like, hey, dude. He ended up breaking up with the girlfriend. Um, I think it was mutual or whatever. Like one day they had a fight about um, she started smoking again. Marv didn't like it. And she's like, I've had enough of this. And they kind of asked her, they're like, it seemed like he was really in love with you. Were you as in love with him as he was with you? And she just like didn't answer. Hmm. So it was, she was at one point though. Right. Right. She was really sad. They had a great time together. They went like all these adventures and stuff. But it sounds like maybe this whole thing just maybe ate him up inside to the point that he's just so focused on all of this that he's not present to her. Right. Right. And like I said earlier, that she didn't really know how bad it was. You know, she didn't know he was like recording these audio things and all that. And Which was, tell, is telling. Right. Like, how how well did you know your partner here? Or how much was he willing to share with you? And you know? if you're not sharing what's going on, how close can you be? Not close. Not close. Because this is the biggest thing in his life, basically. And it's like basically taking precedence over her. And I'm not saying it's her fault, but no. he just wasn't sharing it. Right. Exactly. So... Yeah, so at this point, he moved into the building, and he was working about 24 hours a day, seven days a week on this bulldozer. Do What do you mean, working on the bulldozer? I'll tell you. He built a lift to lift uh, large, heavy sheets of metal, and he was going to outfit this bulldozer so he can have revenge on the town. <laughs> oh, my God. I picture, like, a transformer, like, raw, like, plowing through the town. Picture less of a transformer, more of a, a super industrial tank. Okay. So that's his idea. I need to see a picture of this thing. Oh, it's awesome. It's, re- I mean, imposing. It's uh, it's very, very crazy. It's like he's a mad scientist in that place. Yes, absolutely. You know, he's got his welding. He puts down his welding mask and he's like, all night Ooh, long. You know, just gets probably not work. sleeping. Well, he slept during the day. So he didn't want the, the um, you know, trash company to know that he was working on something in there. So he would have cameras set up all around the perimeter. So he would watch them and know exactly how long they worked for. Oh, he's like in his own brain now. I mean, he's a mad scientist sitting yeah, in here. Basically. That, it, like, what is he eating? And 
you know, um, like I'm sure a cup of noodles and like those little Vienna wiener sausages. As a, a dietitian, I'm like, this guy's diet is probably terrible. He's not sleeping. Sodium levels out of this. Through the roof. Yeah. Hypertension <laughs> up the yin yang. Yes, exactly. I not mean, good. No. Not good. <laughs> not good at all. So he, he built a lift. Like he was very, very smart dude that could like figure stuff out. He, he built these huge lifts, lifted large, heavy sheets of steel. They were like half inch sheets of steel. Um, around the whole bulldozer, he had half inch sheet about like, uh, you know, maybe a couple inches of space and another half inch sheet of metal. He filled the middle. So they had spacers in there, too. He filled the middle with concrete. So wow, it was heavy. Yeah. Steel, concrete, steel. Like, is the bulldozer's engine equipped to, like, move such a heavy piece? This one was. This Interesting. Is a, this is a big-ass bulldozer. It's a very, very strong one. It's made very well. Like, it's it's something that can take thousands and thousands of pounds with no effort, basically. B-A-B. Big-ass bulldozer. Big-ass bulldozer. <laughs> I thought you were saying big-ass bitch, but... <laughs> no. Yeah, so... Um, Come on, Mike. Hop on board. Yep. He had cameras, like I said, inside and outside of the shed, so he knew who was where, um, you know, whether he can do the bulldozer or not. So... He started to put together this bulldozer. He's like, you know what? If I'm not meant to do this, then I'm going to be found out. And they'll be like, you know, what are you doing putting together? Like, are you trying to like, you know, kill the town or something? But nobody ever found him out. Why would they find him out? He's in his building. Yeah. Um, well, there was a an inspection done by the, like, I think by the town, um, you know, from the waste company, just kind of a spot inspection. They're like, hey, let's just check everything going on here. So an inspector came into the warehouse and he's like, what's going on with this bulldozer? Uh, Marv made up a bullshit story where he's like, yeah, some university professor wanted me to create a, a, a new coolant system for this. And I'm really close to doing it. And I'm going to provide these specs for him. He's and, like, all right, see yeah. you later. Have a nice day. Yeah. He's like, okay, that sounds really cool. And he's like, oh, you do all this stuff. He's like, yeah, I'm a welder by trade. And I figured out a cooling system for the tractor. So, and I mean, why would you think that he's calling bullshit? No. Yeah. You wouldn't think that he's creating a tank to rummage through the town. No, you would anything. not. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, that was the only time he's like, you know what? That just confirmed to me that my plan was correct. Okay. So, um, but in June 4th of 2004, oh wait, no, in uh, March of 2004, Marvin's father died. Oh, he was very close to his father. Um, shared a lot of stories with them, like kind of one of his best friends. basically. So, um, you know, kind of hit Marv pretty well. And he's like, you know, at this point, I really have nothing now. Like, now my dad's gone. Girlfriend's gone. Like this Now he is... could really pour himself into this. Correct. He ended up giving all his money before his dad died. Marv gave all his proceeds from the sale of the building, all his profits, everything to his dad. Um, and then his dad put in his will that Marv's um, siblings could have all this money. So... Like, Marv and his dad obviously had some kind of conversation, and Marv's like, just leave this money to my brothers and sisters, Because he didn't feel he was going to need this money. Correct. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what does Marv have up his sleeve? Yep. So, um, you know, at this point, you know, listening to the tapes, Marv's saying, God's will will be done through me. You people need to be taught a lesson. And then the siblings should have been alarmed. Why would your living brother give you all of his money? I would imagine they knew something was happening. That would scare the pants off of me. But at the same time, they're like, hey, we got a bunch of money here. All right. I'd be like, because, you know, obviously that's like a suicide thing. People right. give away their things. Yes. Because you're not, you're not going to need it. Right. He gave away everything. He, yeah. Everything was gone. Not a good sign. Yep. Definitely a suicide you know, reminder. So... He had this reinforced uh, bulldozer. Um, it was June 4th, 2004, was the day he went on his, on his mission. It was kind of brilliant. 
he created this lift in his his warehouse where he made this armor all around, but it was dropped on top of the bulldozer so that once he was in there, he's pretty much locked into his cage. How would he get out? Can't. Something has to lift it back off. Correct. Something big and heavy, heavy has to has lift off. Has to actually off. like clip it and like lift it. There's thousands and thousands of pounds. Holy! So that, that's, that makes me feel claustrophobic. Oh, totally. Like if you're claustrophobic, you would freak out because he's in this little cabin. Oh my gosh! No windows. Um, he he did have a couple holes. Um, Breathing. To, no, for other things. Um, oh shoot! So he has he has vents in there, like air conditioning. He has a vent shooting out air for air conditioning. Um, he had cameras set up, I think five or six cameras set up all around the, the perimeter of this thing. This, Is that how he saw? Yep. And he had three TVs inside. Oh my gosh. So that's how he saw everything. That's, this is scary. Yep. So June 4th, 2004, um, took out his reinforced bulldozer tank, uh, the killdozer as we're going to refer to it as. Can I ask you how he got in it? Yeah. He just like a regular tractor. How did the thing come over him? I don't know if it was a timer or something or he set it up, but okay. yeah, maybe it was a five minute timer and he's like, all right, get in there, get in there. Uh, and then just went bloop, just popped right down on top. Oh of him. my gosh. So he was locked into this, tra- this Ooh, bulldozer at this point. That makes me feel nauseous. And the reason he did it is so that people couldn't get into it either. Of course. So, you know, he had a, a plan and he'd been thinking about this for years as he's building it. <sighs> so this guy is definitely dedicated. Uh, guess where the first place he went with his bulldozer? Cody's. Yep. <laughs> now, at this point in time, was he so into what his plans were that he wasn't even doing his snowmobiling and all that? Obviously, we're in June. There's not snow. He knew the last, like, the the winter before that, he went out snowmobiling. He took okay, off a few months. Okay, so people weren't like, Marv, what's going on with you? You're really withdrawn and not coming out anymore? And, no, because he went out to, to do the snowmobiling. Okay, I'm sorry. So no, I just no, wanted to picture, question. you know, what other people were thinking at this point in time. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he gets in his tank and he heads over to Cody's. No, other people, you know, that's a good point. So um, people were wondering, hey, what are you all doing in there? And he's just like, oh, I'm just working. Well, because it's just like you're not in your house anymore. You're not with your girlfriend anymore. Mm-hmm. You got all these cameras set up. Like, what in the hell are you doing in this building on the waste management property? Yeah, his good buddy, you know, did say that. He's like, there was definitely something going on. But, you know, kind of like how guys are, like good old, like tough guys. Sometimes they just don't talk. Yeah, I guess. It's just, it seems very alarming. I guess the point is, if you see your friend doing something very alarming, maybe explore into what's going on. Giving away all their possessions. That's uh, flag number one. And where in the hell were the siblings when he gave all of his money away? I want to know that. Right. Right. I don't know. Hey, I'm going to get myself a new house. All right. Bye, Marv. Peace. Thanks, bud. Thanks for the money. Thanks, bro. Um, So he took off with his bulldozer, went right to Cody Dochev's concrete batch plant. That's when the 911 call started coming into dispatch. They have a bunch of the recordings. That's what I was wondering if he did it during the day or yep. after everyone vacated. Middle of the day. Oh, so he wanted to make a splash. Yep. Yep. And it also be easier to see with his cameras. Okay. Of course. Yeah. I guess Can't unless he had night. night vision. Yeah. Maybe he didn't want to splurge for those. Yeah. That was a little bit more. <laughs> you know, just after he spent money on the bulldozer and all the sheets of metal <laughs> and the concrete. You know, the oh, lawyer fees. He did end up buying some concrete from Cody and he said it was absolute shit concrete. Oh, so yeah, I don't know if it was or wasn't. That's but. pretty funny. I'm shocked <laughs> he would purchase concrete from him. He said he was trying to be like a nice guy and try to like mm. help things out. But mm. I don't know. So, okay. um, so yeah, now this armored bulldozer is running through town. So basically they show video of it. It's going into Cody's building, coming in, coming out, going in, going People out. People must be like, what the hell? Cody comes out like freaking out. Obviously, this is his business that he's trying to like destroy. 
Uh, somebody's like, he, what? Do, how the hell do we stop this thing? So was he like ramming it into the building? Yep. He starts in the corner and then like takes out another wall. Like and then, literally just taking down walls. Yeah. So he didn't go all the way through because he didn't want to get trapped. Of and course. All the, everything falling down. So he takes out the corner. It comes down super easy. Like wow. he's not even going fast into it. He just kind of. Which just like, goes to show how strong this thing was. This thing is like on steroids. Basically, it's it's an awesome I say awesome being like just so strong. Yeah, you know? not awesome that he's destroying no, things. But just such a force. Like it's just got so much force and strength that it's crazy. He just goes into a corner like nothing happens, takes out a building here, takes you know, this corner out, this corner out. You end up end up taking out two two corners, like two complete walls. They mm-hmm. show a, a like a, a helicopter video of it and it's like this this building is done, basically. So, so what's Cody doing? Cody runs out. <laughs> kind of like what the hell's going on here and uh some guy's like hey i got a loaded gun he's like yeah give me the gun starts shooting at what well, it's call- like no you call 911 and have them handle it well not- they did but i mean i guess this is but- cody's line you know he seems like he's yeah colorado's kind of like a, a mountain texas you know okay. so they've got guns and they start shooting at it and everything it does yeah. absolutely nothing cause... i can't speak for because we were here in like the suburbs of right. tampa and are like you know a little and he's got a thing against marv and everything so yeah but i don't understand how he thought a gun was going to penetrate this machine yeah uh, i don't know uh it didn't at all so they're trying to figure out how do we stop this thing they got like big pieces of rebar and like thick ones and they're like if you just get it in the track it'll like completely like ruin this thing you get one of the tracks done and it's it's done. and they're like going at it with... yeah because i mean there's nothing you can it's slow moving so they can go around it and stuff and try to do stuff sure. but they yeah they've got like two or three of them then i on the, uh, the documentary they do like a reenactment and there's guys like what's going on they take the rebar and they throw it into the tractor and it just crushes it basically now was there any video of the actual event very grainy um nothing oh man really. i would have loved to have seen a crisp video there, of this uh, there is like the eventually you'll see like as he goes into town you can see video okay um and it <laughs> there's a I'll, I'll describe another scene that you can definitely see but anyways he's got you know he's so cody gets you know no, nothing like no shot you got shots off nothing's happening the the rebar's in there nothing's happening cody gets uh one of his oh no so cody tries to get onto the bulldozer gets into the back of it tries to jump up and slips right off He's like, oh, there must have been some grease on there, some Vaseline. So he he oiled it up, basically. But even had he got on there, he wouldn't have been able to do anything, right? Probably not. No. Um, I mean, I already know the answer. The answer is no. Okay. So, yeah, it didn't sound like it was built to be accessed. Yeah. So Cody goes to get one of his own bulldozers called a front-end loader. It's one of those um, a smaller bulldozer than this one, but it's a front-end loader. You know, it's got its own little blade in the front and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of looks about half the size of this one. So he takes the front-end loader, comes around the corner, squealing around, and he tries to ram into this Marvin's bulldozer mm-hmm. um, or killdozer. So he slammed the front end into it and tries to lift it off the ground. So he's like, all right, now I'm going to try to move but it. But it's so heavy. Right. So basically, he lifted his own tractor off the ground. Sure. His, his back you know, wheels are coming up off the ground. Yeah. And they do have some pictures of that, too, where he's trying to do it. And it's like, you know, it's coming up <laughs> first. And he's like, holy shit. Like, I can't even move this thing. <laughs> and Marvin's track, like, bulldozer doesn't even I mean, move. what a freak show. Oh, I mean, <laughs> can you imagine the scene? No. Freaking, like, tractor And then I'm picturing Cody, like, Rawr. Yeah, he's like, hey, get off my property you know he's like with his arms up but he knows this is marv inside uh he's pretty damn sure i mean he can't see him because there's a gigantic armor around it but he's like i mean marvin's in there like fuck this guy i want to take care of him oh my gosh that's crazy so that didn't work so cody reverses and goes full on into the killdozer again 
but this time he hits his head on the windshield and knocked himself out. Oh my god! So he went full bore and a boom, and he's just like sitting there, like knocked out. Wow! So at this point, Marvin sees it's not moving anymore. So Marvin goes to the back of his killdozer and starts shooting. So he has some some rounds. He has like three guns in there, I believe, is what it has. Starts shooting fifty caliber gun rounds. Fifty caliber is big, big sniper rifle. Oh my basically. gosh! Like it's big ass bullets, basically. Um, starts shooting rounds at this tractor because he knows that this is Cody. Does he wants to kill Cody? I mean, he wants him to. I don't know what he wants to do at this point. We'll never know. But obviously, he doesn't want to like shake hands with him. Obviously, when you said he built the holes in there and it wasn't for breathing, it was for something else. I knew it was for guns. It's one thing to like come and like try to take down somebody's like building but to kill them yeah that's kind of going the extra mile that's insane Mm -hmm. i mean taking down a building with a tractor is a little insane too but you know right you can almost be like wow that's like a lot but then it's like wow now you're trying to take lives okay yeah so all these shots go right into the bucket they call it which is the the front the front shovel thing Uh uh-huh yeah so luckily you know cody's totally fine um he, he ends up hearing some of the rounds he wakes up he's like what the hell so now he gets the hell out of dodge yeah he's like, time to let the authorities take over here yeah if you have any value of your life get out so the cops show up finally um and they're like well, who's in there he's like you know what i know it's marv i know he's doing something i think he might be up on the he might be remote controlling this from the mountains or something like he might be up on the hills trying to like do this because i can't see anybody in there okay you know, there's nothing going on so he you know he's just kind of speculating sure. at this point uh, the cops are like, okay. So the cops get there. They've got their little rifles. <laughs> Which do nothing. <laughs> right. They're shooting it several times. Yeah, whatever. And nothing happens. Like Kind of like Marv's bulldozer. It's like... Yeah, dink, 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 yeah. dink. It's like, you know, tapping somebody A giant, you know. Right. So um, they're like, I don't even know what to do here. Like, we don't have the equipment. You know, that's... It's, you got to get, like, equally sized tankers involved at this point. Right, right. So the police are all around trying to make plans as to what to do next. Um, the officers on scene remember thinking this is basically a huge tank how the hell are we supposed to do something with simple guns and rifles no you're not going to like at one point um you know marv noticed that the cops were hiding behind this like little barricade and he went over and just destroyed the barricade of course it's like you know he's kind of showing his power he's like you're not gonna be able to do anything and like where do they keep tanks like army tanks most well at this point most police departments don't have them no i I wouldn't think so you you don't have much use for huge tanks no that would be like um the national guard a military base type of thing and it would take a while to get a tank there. of course it would so how would you even get it there would you put it on a truck right and this is the only like real like solution you know or or a helicopter that can you know bring down hellfire some big ass missiles or something Uh but you don't want to destroy you know a town a town right so that's i mean you got to start thinking they're gonna have to think quick right right so um at this point eventually marvin made his way into town uh, as the police were evacuating everyone in the town just ahead of him. Yeah. So luckily, you know, these things are pretty slow moving. Yes. Um, they're like, all right, the cops are all over being like, everybody get out, you know, and they're, they're loudspeakers Absolutely. as they're driving through. There is a, you know, a person, an armored, <laughs> there's an armored bulldozer coming towards your location. Oh get out of your building. Can you imagine working at your business, like going about your day and it's like, you see this thing like coming down the street. Yeah. And you're like, what the hell? Like so, you can't make this crap up. No, exactly. So the undersheriff I mentioned earlier, uh, I said undersheriff, so you remember him. Oh, I remember the undersheriff. Glenn Trainer. He finally got up on top of the killdozer, looking for a way inside. 
or just to kind of get some idea. Uh-huh. Uh, he saw the vent for the air conditioning, and so he starts popping shots in there, uh, just starting to shoot randomly inside, trying to kill uh, Marv. It's such an there. unfortunate event. Yeah, because, I mean, the, he's driving a killer vehicle, basically. Of course. I, I mean, mean, he has to be stopped. Right, exactly. Um, shoots a bunch of rounds, nothing. Didn't do anything, right? So then he's like, um, do we have anything else I could do up here while I'm up here? They're like, um, we have a flashbang grenade, which is made for, like, throwing in, like, blinding people and, you know, getting them off their game. So they don't have regular grenades, but a flashbang. So okay. he, he takes a flashbang and throws it in the exhaust of the tractor. Boom. Big explosion. Tons of smoke. Nothing happens. So he didn't get in. Like, all it is is going into the engine. He was hoping it would do something to the uh-huh. engine. But nothing happened so he's so this is the video where you could see like him on this bulldozer he's standing on top of it and crazy. it's like it's crazy because it's like well it's dangerous but it's moving like what five ten miles an hour uh-huh. and you're like it's not like he's flying off the back of it no he's totally safe i mean relatively safe outside yeah. of falling off and being crushed by it but um you know it took some some courage to get up oh there. sure i'd be scared and you don't know what it's capable of right or what his plans are yeah moves you, really you have no idea yeah so as he starts getting closer to buildings and stuff he's he, you know, he, he was going to jump down here. Um, so, yeah, there's a good cloud of smoke from the flashbang. Um, and he clearly, so Marv clearly had his targets. He wasn't randomly going around. I would hope not. It ended up that every single place he went had some kind of connection to the town board or something. Like that, that wronged him. Right, exactly. Or he perceived as wronging him. Yep. The next building he got to was the Mountain Parks Electric. He spent some time doing some damage there, in and out, in and out. You know. Same situation, like busting down the exterior of the building. Yep. Um, kind of decimated that. Everyone figured his next stop was the town hall, which okay. it absolutely was. Problem with that, in the town hall, there's a public library in the in the uh, basement. Okay. At this time, there's several children in the library. They didn't evacuate? They did. So they're like, all right, everybody get out of here. Thank God. Finally, they got everybody out. Okay. So they're like, you know, calling ahead, being like, he's going to town hall. You know, so everybody, everybody got out of there. Um, the police chose to have a reverse 911 call out to every resident okay um so it was inst- they, they called it reverse 911 which i never heard of i've never heard of that yeah it basically rings everybody in the town and it says okay. you know, puts out a recording or something being like you need to get out of your residences like like it, an amber alert would be um handy at this point right now like it would be now but this is before like yeah. cell phones and stuff so well, they have cell phones, but not everybody not, has one. Yeah, not so like we do now. Right. So reverse 911 call goes out. People are like, what? Like, get out of my house? Okay. So Because you can see it. At least you can see it. And, and hear know. it. Right. So that at least you'll know you're out of danger's way. So everyone ev- evacuated town hall. Marvin took out a children's playground on his way to the, you know, b- behind the town hall while he was, you know, going in and out of it and stuff. So he decimated the town hall too. The next building was the newspaper building. Um, because there was a guy there that he thinks that kind of wronged him. He was like, you know, he was supposed to do a good piece on me. He never did uh, because obviously he was told by the townspeople not to. But this guy, and ended up saying that um, he, he gave him free advertising for never doing a story. He's like, you know what? I, I did owe you that story. I never did. So how about I give you like a free $400 ad in hmm. the newspaper? Okay, for his business. Yeah, and Marv didn't mention that. So, they, huh. which, you know, he just, he was looking at the negative. Yeah. I mean, at this point in time, you're taking down a building because of one person. Yes. It's like, what about the rest of the people that have to do with this? Uh, yeah, exactly. So none of this makes a whole lot of sense. But next, the dozer went into the east end of the town to the Thompson residence. Uh, so this is the family that kind of, you know, is the, the kings and queens of the, the town. Yeah. Where Thelma Thompson, the mother, lived. So she evacuated, luckily, but he just destroyed the house. Wow. Like, totally. Just 
totally like nothing even close to wow. being there. So that just leveled the house. Leveled the house completely. Holy cow! Uh, he knocked around a bunch of Thompson family things after that, including the energy company, some trucks that he knew. Like he went into them and t- tipped them over and stuff, and just like I mean, he's all over this town basically. How this long point. was this taking? Hours. Hours. Yeah. And and meanwhile, what are the police doing? Just waiting for a solution <laughs> to and just backing out. off? Yes, correct. Because what are they going to do? They can't stop them. Right. So at one point, um, they did make a call. Like they said, uh, send in the National Guard. Right. You have to get the big guys. He's like, get an Apache helicopter in here. This uh-huh. is like a war helicopter. Yes. And they're like, you know, you can hear the... the um, you know the, the person on the line being like a, a Apache helicopter or you know National Guard helicopter, and he's like, yes, yes, a request mm-hmm. one. And now, so like immediately afterwards, they said they never requested anything like that, but there was tapes proving that they did. So I think they wanted to like you know not make the townspeople scared or something, or that they were considering that mm. because obviously there'd be collateral damage if they're anywhere near a town. Because they couldn't shoot at it while it's inside of the you know downtown. No, because you know, there's things that would just be destroyed, right? Yeah, you know, whatever. So. That was it's kind a of very weird. interesting situation. Yep, yep. So the next target was Independent Gas. This Independent Gas company had um, industrial-sized propane tanks. So not like the little barbecue tanks, but the gigantic ones that fill up huge tanks. Mm-hmm. So one of these things explode. I oh. mean, for a half mile around, like it's going to be a huge explosion. Wow, that's scary. And there's plenty of residences around here. Um, you know, it's kind of in the middle of a town. It's so like, would the houses be like leveled? Um, something would happen to them, uh-huh. like something bad. Um, you know, something bad would have happened. So he's starting to bring out his 50 caliber rounds. He's shooting at the propane tanks. He's shooting at um, the electric transformers. Holy crap. So he's trying to make some big explosions here happen. Luckily, his armor was damaged so much that um, a lot of it was blocking his gunshots. Okay, and it was damaged just from him going through and leveling the town? Right, right. Now, Marv did have like a really brilliant system set up where it was compressed air, like really, obviously, not just the one you put on your keyboard or whatever, uh-huh. but pretty much that, but like a, an industrial version of it. So he would have air all set up all around it so he can blow off debris. And oh. it, it worked really well for him so he can constantly see where he was going. And he did a really good job of it, but he didn't account for the armor breaking uh-huh. and you know, being bent. So you could see shots being fired, but nothing would happen. You'd see just big puffs of smoke, okay. basically. It wasn't going where he intended it to go. Right. He did get one shot off. It hit a transformer, but luckily it didn't explode. So he's he's trying to get this thing done here. And he you know, didn't, didn't do what he was trying to do, obviously. Um, now, that, is the town with power at this point? Or? Yep. Okay. Town has power. Everything. I mean, you know, in that, that sense, it's fine. Um, I put down here that this is where they, um, yeah, they called in the National Guard. Um, the town sent in a big scraper tractor. So this is one of those tractors that's made for like moving earth. It's a long one. You've probably seen them before. You probably just don't really notice them, but it has like a, a thing underneath it. So it like kind of levels. levels the ground. Exactly. Okay. Yep. So this is the biggest thing that they have in the town. And they're like, all right, just get in front of them. Somehow stop it. So they show the video of the bulldozer versus the scraper. Kind of like a flea. He's just kind of like, moves the scraper out of the way and (laughs) continues going. Oh my God. Like, it wasn't even like a thing. It was just like laughable. Yeah. I thought it would be like, and you can tell the guy in the the scraper is going full bore. You can see smoke coming Uh out of the tires. And then did he just like jump out? Yeah. Well, because, I mean, 
it seemed like Marv didn't want to harm him. You know, he well, didn't know I mean, what this, was. If this man was crushed by this machine, he would die. Right. So like, it didn't it didn't bend it. You know, the machine was fine. It just kind of moved it. Okay. <laughs> like, so. I was worried it would like fall. He'd fall out. It'd fall on him. It could potentially. Yeah. And because it's so long too. Like this could definitely like tip or whatever. Who, who gets the job of driving that thing? I don't know. But that guy got the hell out of Dodge too. And then also was he like protected? Because that's a big ask. Like, hey, yeah, get in this thing and try to stop this guy who's well, shooting at the electric company yeah he didn't have armor or anything i mean he probably had a, a bulletproof vest on but i mean and who was caliber, this guy i don't know i don't know if it was a police officer <laughs> did or they draw straws maybe it couldn't be a police officer how the hell i mean maybe a police officer that knew how to move a scraper i don't know can't imagine they would put a just a townsperson in that thing yeah no i don't know maybe i don't know but it was it had no effect basically interesting so killdozer goes back onto main street around this time it looks like the killdozer is smoking heavily okay so it's 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 injured yes definitely this killdozer word that you're using is this where did you get that from uh so our son actually shared this story with us here this is the story this is the story our son shared with us he found it on tiktok oh my gosh this was what like thursday night yeah yeah he's like i got a story for one of you guys yeah. the killdozer i'm like i'm taking it you took the last one so it was the kill like nobody called it the killdozer but there was a movie made like years ago called killdozer oh my so, gosh that's so funny i didn't put two and two together that this was the story cameron gave you yeah uh, a lot of people called it like no, okay. he, marv didn't call it the killdozer okay that's what i'm wondering i could see marv like spray painted on the side <laughs> killdozer right watch out <laughs> i'm gesturing so wildly my microphone's falling over yeah that's good that's good so um yeah, so it's smoking. I guess antifreeze started to spray out. So okay. antifreeze is you know, causing this. So it's going to be overheating very soon. Okay. Here. So they know this is the end. The end is near. The dozer is starting to lose some power, too. You can tell it wasn't going quite as fast it's as like, it was. Wee. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, um, he gets into there was another guy that was uh, head of or, you know part of the board or whatever. Um, he had he owned a hardware company called the Gamble Store. Um, he one of the guys on the board. So. Well, Marvin, you know, he started getting into this hardware store, doing the same thing as all the other buildings, taking down the sides. You know, most of the front is totally gone. Um, what Marvin didn't know was that there was a basement in Gambles. So his track got stuck, and he came to a complete stop. Okay. So right now, the bulldozer is, like, losing power. Without power, it's completely stuck okay. from this basement in the Gamble store. Thank goodness there was a basement there. So it stopped them. Police and SWAT teams began to circle the bulldozer. All around, you know, trying to make plans on what they're going to do next. And how to get him out of there. Yep. Uh, suddenly, they hear a single gunshot. Yep. That's what I knew you were going to say. Yep. Police and SWAT open fire, and really nothing happened to the bulldozer. You know, they're well, shooting at it. Marv is dead inside. Right. They brought in some explosives um, to try to open up the thing. Um, it shook. And people are said it shook the town. Like, you can feel it, like, blocks and blocks away for these, like, I don't know if it was C4 explosives or whatever it might be, but... To try to blow up the thing that was on top of the bulldozer, nothing happened. Couldn't get in. Because at this point in time, you're like, how do we even get this bulldozer out of here and the person that's inside of it? <laughs> right. Like, can't even get into it because no, there's like thousands of pounds on yeah. top of it. Yeah. So they had to end up finally bringing in a cutting torch. Okay. So, you know, a very hot, hot you know, thing that can melt metal, wow. basically. And they brought in the cutting torch and they were able to gain entry into the bulldozer. They found Marvin's body in the bulldozer. He had put the 357 into the roof of his mouth and oh, pulled the trigger. That's really unfortunate. Yeah. That all of this crap was just from like petty nonsense in the town. Yep. 
that may or may not even have happened. I mean, uh, right. I'm sure, like I said, some truth to the story. Yeah. But every- I mean, the fact that he didn't have sewage and then within 24 hours, the other business had it. Yeah. And yeah, I'm sure he made a mountain out of a molehill and some of these things, but he's just whatever took this personally. A and- good therapist would have been a good thing. Yep. So once all is once all was said and done, uh, 13 buildings were affected causing $7 million worth of damage. Mm, that's what I was fig- figuring that the town was really suffered from this. Yeah. So he, I guess he got his, you know, his way. He said, you owed me 300,000. He made $7 million worth of damage. Yeah. He definitely uh, compounded that number. Yep. So this story was a worldwide news event. When it you happened. know, I'm remembering this. Yeah. And here's the thing. So it happened on June 4th. But the next day, former President Ronald Reagan died. Oh, so it was kind of overshadowed? Yeah, so they're like, you know, all the tributes to him and everything. Uh-huh. And so media coverage of the Killdozer was cut down, like, significantly. Basically, yeah. it went from Killdozer one day to Ronald honoring Reagan. President Reagan. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. This was the year we moved to Florida, so I think we were just, ah. like, in preparations of, like, my. that's where my brain was at the time. We were kind of newly married for a couple of years at this point, and it rings a bell in my mind. See, I, like, yeah, and... I, it doesn't bring a bell to me at all. Like, I barely ever watch the news at this point, especially. Like, I never tuned into the news. Isn't that so interesting? Some of these big stories we talk about, it's like, I don't really remember that. It's like, <laughs> yeah. how? How did we miss this? Right. Because we're just kind of in our little, little holes. Our, our little own little bubbles. Hole. Yeah, exactly. So Marvin's ashes were spread by his snowmobile club up in the mountains, uh, per his wish. It's really sad. The killdozer was taken apart piece by piece and split up and sent to random places, random you know, chop shops or whatever, mm-hmm. so that nobody could claim some of the bulldozer as memorabilia. Right. Um, and then the Thompson brothers, they're actually like kind of like pissed a little bit. They're like, they should have kept the killdozer here and have it as like a museum. They're like, we would have had tons of visitors. They're like, they're thinking they're businessmen. Oh, you know? revenue. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, obviously. I mean, uh, maybe, horrible. but do we really want to give people ideas? Right, exactly. Oh, yeah. I see this molding <laughs> here. When I make my gildozer, I'll make sure I do that. Yeah. No, probably not a good idea. Uh, killdozer. Thank um, you. What did I call it? Gildozer. <laughs> I don't know if I meant to say that. Okay. Maybe I've heard you wrong. But maybe you did. Yeah. So it's uh, kind of a crazy situation. It's but. a really sad situation because clearly the anger ate away at this guy's mind. Yeah. And made him crazy. Yeah. And, you know, anger and resentment can really do that to a person's soul. I'm actually, I just finished a book I was reading, and it's like this couple that was going through a divorce and like she was being so wronged by him through their marriage and then the divorce, he's doing it even more. And it's like, that would be really hard to not let it just make you a very hateful, angry person. Right. And that's where a therapist really could have helped. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you're having problems, find somebody to talk to. We tell our son the same thing. Like when you're, you're in a bad mood, just talk. Just if you can just get it, it takes your problems from your brain to mm-hmm. the real world, you know, outside. And it, and it does yeah. something. It and does. even though the person might not be able to solve your problem, it takes that pressure off of your chest. Because I know I'm, I'm big on, on talking. If I'm upset about something, yeah. I, I want to talk about it. A lot of talking. Lots. Whereas some people internalize it and clearly Marv did. Yeah. And I was more of an internalizing person you know, before I met you. So. And then I have to. Yeah. I don't have to pull it out of you anymore, but it's important to be able to talk. And he really must have suppressed it. The fact that his girlfriend had no idea that he was going through all this to the point that it drove him to this point. Yeah, like she knew he was mad, but not like this mad. I still have like questions about the whole brother and sister accepting his money. Yeah, you were big on that. And I, I don't blame you. Because when your brother is giving you his assets at age 50 something years old. Maybe they didn't know it was from the brother. Maybe they thought it was dad's money. Where did dad get the money from? I don't know. Maybe I, they I don't know. Save some money. I, 
I hope that's the case because you need to explore what's going on if if you suspect. Hey, if you're if you're listening to this, then you're one of the siblings. Let us know what happened. I mean, your your friends shouldn't be giving you all their belongings, and if they are, it's a it's a red flag. Huge red flag. Your friend wants to kill themselves, doesn't think they're that worthy. they're going to need this stuff anymore. But, right. So definitely reach out to some for some. Help it's there. a very crazy story. It's very unfortunate that it had to end the way that it did. Yeah. It over is. over differences between people. Yeah, and it seemed like Marv was a decent guy. You know, we, it's sad. Yeah, it is. But yeah. oh, I'm glad that nobody else was killed. Right. Because they could have, you know, it could have ended a lot worse. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's it seems like they handled it in the best way they could have. Yep. Clearly, this thing was unstoppable, but... Yeah. So, yeah, that's wowzas. the story. So, hey, thanks for listening. Please yeah. give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It would really help us out. And um, we are just growing by leaps and bounds. So thank you so much. We yes. appreciate everything. Thank you so much you. for being here with us. Yep. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day. So we're wishing you and your people you whoever whoever it is that's your valentine or not maybe you you could be your own valentine and do we, some self-love some self, self-love yeah that sounds good <laughs> that's not what i meant hey males and but females hey, it's that, important to love yourself that works too Every but like way. you know if you're single because i know valentine's day could be hard for people that are single or you know going through a breakup or whatever maybe get yourself a workout in get mean, yourself a yummy meal exactly doesn't just mean romance put it a means, face mask on right treat put, yourself put some cozy socks on and put your favorite movie on do and that according to allison love yourself later that night love yourself love yourself do it <laughs> love ahead. yourself yeah but for us what are we doing for valentine's day i don't know we'll figure it out we'll i think we're done with this podcast we'll figure so. it out yeah, nobody wants to listen to this anymore we'll figure it out what's your line from uh, that show you used to watch i don't know figure it out oh figure it out yeah. figure it out what letter kenny, letter kenny. Yeah. never saw it yeah anyway happy valentine's day to you guys thank you so much for being here and we will see you next time cheers, cheers. bye, bye.